Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. This is Naz. This is Ashley. And Lauren will probably pop in in the middle of this podcast. And we thought that was okay today because we have an impromptu guest. Yes, we have an impromptu guest, my friend um, at Dr. Dot Gonzalez on Instagram. His name's Christian Gonzalez. We He lives here in LA and we've actually gotten closest friends, which has been so fun. I feel like Christian's like the big brother I've never had. But um, Christian is an ND, which we're going to ask him more about. Uh, and I feel like you're just blowing up on, like you're really blowing up. What's it? Can you tell everyone the name of your podcast, what an ND is and... Yeah, let's start there. Okay, this is this is great because I usually, yeah, I, I usually I usually do this at the end of uh, my show. It's like do the little plugs, but I I you know this is a great, this is a great opening right here oh, at Doctor Doc Gonzalez. Yeah, so the podcast that uh, I I host is called Heal Thyself, and it is uh, it's been it was created under the pretense that we have the capacity and ability to heal ourselves, which ultimately we do. And you learn this in naturopathic medical school. And as a naturopathic doctor, the basis of which we approach health and wellness and healing is that the body has a capacity to heal itself. So we work with the body not to suppress the symptoms. And when I say suppress the symptoms, it maybe rings a bell for so many listeners right now because they might go, oh, suppression of symptoms. I never thought about it because like, if I feel really sick and I have a fever... I feel really crappy. I run to the pharmacy to reduce the fever without ever understanding that the immune system is mounting the fever response to kill the bug that is causing the illness. Yeah. Um, very simply put. But oftentimes we don't feel comfortable in understanding that the body is trying to heal itself because we are so used to just the comfort state we live in. So the discomfort of healing is something we run away from. So we as naturopathic doctors say, hey, look, your body knows what to do. All we're doing it is giving the conditions for healing. We're taking away that which is blocking the healing and we're giving the body what it needs to heal, whether it's nutrition, whether it's a mindset piece, whether it's relationship to self, to others, whatever it is. And then we're allowing the body to do what it does best and let's create the magic of healing. And in my career, I mean, I haven't been in practice in like five years, but in my career, I've seen miracle healings when you go fundamentally in the understanding that the body is by its nature, wanting you to survive and creating these diseases that we label as uh, destructive, and they are because they can totally in the spectrum of disease get really bad and destructive. But if we don't understand that it's creating it for a reason, then we don't know how to work with the body. And when we don't know how to work with the body, we suppress symptoms and then they come up later down the line much more aggressively as other diseases. And sort of we shift the state of people's understanding of what health is. And that's been, that was. My early, early work of what I was doing. 
So, Christian, Dr. Gonzalez, I <laughs> I would like I like to play a little devil's advocate, but like also not at all. So I just wanted to like pet, let you know where I stand as host during this. Yeah. I am the daughter of a, a med- an, an MD. He's oh, an anesthesiologist. Yeah. I am a big proponent. I like love med. I like the field of medicine, but I also am so interested in the naturopathic route too. So I might just like you know I, if I'm debating you a little bit know that it's from a great and very in a, in a neutral place um and i also like to pretend here that i'm the resident doctor even though i'm absolutely not i'm definitely one of the gr- people that's like i've watched Grey's anatomy i kind of know what i'm talking about type joke and yeah. um i will say we have a lot of fun on this podcast because of where because of ashley's background and what she just said and because i tend to not like medicine and yeah. do holistic stuff but it's great because we're always having conversations between you know, medicine or not, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And let me bring clarity to this because there's a spectrum of holistic healers. There are ones that say, absolutely never, don't touch any medication mm-hmm. or drug. And, you know, we live off the land. And, and I, I that's beautiful too. But I've practiced integratively. I came out of school and I worked in a hospital for cancer with oncologists and acupuncturists and nutritionists holistically, naturopathic doctors. We all worked as a team to optimize patient outcomes. And I've, I've over the years even expanded it more. I mean, like I suffered something earlier this year and I haven't taken medication. I haven't taken antibiotics in 13 years. And Holy this moly. was the first year I, I, ta- I took it because okay. it was really bad and they helped. So my perspective is this. Conventional medicine is fantastic, especially in emergent issues. They're, the place and the gift of allopathic and conventional medicine is when I get hit by a car, my arm's falling off. I don't want you to wrap it in comfrey and, and basil root. Right? Okay. <laughs> oh, then we are on the same page. You, you, I just want you, to make you, sure. You feel me? Yeah. So I want painkillers. I want antibiotics. I want to make sure my blood's not clotting, whatever, it, or my blood is clotting and, and it's I'm not bleeding out. So I want to make sure that that we we understand that just in general, there's a place for all these medicines. We just need to understand where they fall and how to use them. I think we absolutely are overusing allopathic uh, medication. We're overusing it so much without understanding that the body, what the body's trying to do and trying to heal. So with my dad, I make fun of him a lot because even though I am like, even though I like love his field, I am like, dad, you need to drink more water. Like the man lives off like wine and diet soda. And mm. I'm like, this is so crazy. And he just doesn't even understand like the need for water. He's like, Ashley, I'm getting hydrated through drinking this shit. I'm like, mm. are you kidding me? And like, people are going to be like, wow, what a doctor, Dr. Iconetti is. But like, he literally thinks that like, he's getting full hydration from, you know, his nutra sweetened right. drinks. The and then Coke, like, yeah. And then just like the mat, like he's like anti-carb and he'll like eat just like sausage for dinner instead of, instead of having a carb, he thinks that thinking that's healthier. So I make fun of him a lot. And what I've realized and like really what he's admitted to is back in the day when he was in medical school in the eighties and even consistently and still now to a lesser degree i believe but still very much so a thing that they don't teach them preventative uh, they don't preventative health they teach them how to make something feel better and make something better once it's already in existence absolutely yeah absolutely there's there's two there's two parts 23.9 hours is the average hours of nutrition that 
allopathic yeah. medical school Nothing. teachers across the board. 23 points. That's, that's it? That's not even a day. Isn't it crazy? Not Wait. Not a day. Oh. <laughs> that's Wait, a day long what? of just nutrition. Like, they're not nutritionists whatsoever. They just know how to, they know how to treat with medicine. Wait, 23 hours? Do people know that? No. Well, now no, we do. I don't do. think so. Well, now we do. But, <laughs> but, 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 but this is the problem. It. You can't... <laughs> You can't compartmentalize things because if you see something like osteoporosis, you have to have an understanding of nutrition about how it led there. Mm -hmm. If you see someone with osteopenia and their bones are becoming soft, you have to understand about nutrition and what led there. It can't be a thing where you just go, I'm going to refer you to the nutritionist and they're going to compartmentalize something and I'm going to compartmentalize something. You have to understand the full scope of holistic health to understand how the body works. And unfortunately, we teach in allopathic medicine, medicine only the sliver of the small scope, and that is how to treat something that is really bothering someone or making someone really sick, right? So say, for example, I have a really bad infection in my gut, then I'm going to need antibiotics. But the bigger question is, why are you dysbiotic? Why is the bacteria in your gut so imbalanced? Okay, tell me about your diet. So I can understand better what IBS is. Mm -hmm. See, doctors learn also through patients. But if you don't understand the patient's full picture and you only take 13 minutes max, most likely around 9 to 10 minutes with a patient, you will never understand their relationship to each other, their relationship to their environment, what their lifestyle is, what their full scope of eating is, what their past traumas are. To become the best doctor, or let's say even past what a doctor is, a healer, you have to understand the full scope of what the patient is in front of you, not just him going, hey, doc, my stomach hurts. Oh, okay. Let me write an antibiotic because you probably have this sort of infection. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. And unfortunately, that's what we've given reverence to. Do you, do you feel like doctor appointments should be like an hour long? Well, that's where naturopathic doctors come in because our appointments are my points. When I was working, my first patient visits were an hour and a half. Like we, I sat with them for an hour and talked about everything. And, and you know, what's crazy? Like people's psychosomatic symptoms, you know, the symptoms that were like completely driven by so much of their mindset and so much of deep rooted traumas would come out. And then they go, oh, I actually feel a lot better now, doc. I don't feel like I don't really even need to go on that program. For I remember I had a girl with depression, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. she, was, she was diagnosed as depressive and she told me about her life and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to put together a protocol for you in the next week. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a follow-up visit and I'm going to go over all the things for you. I go, but for now, just do this. Take out these three foods that she was eating and they were super inflammatory foods. She was eating, eating a bunch of processed foods, sugary foods. She, no one ever taught her about diet. And I told her to just go every single day as soon as you wake up, see the sun, put your feet on the ground, and go for a walk. In a week, how? tell me how for many years, many years, she had to go to the psychiatrist to get diagnosed with depression. And before she was driven to take medication, she said, I'm going to do a last-ditch effort. And all she needed was to remove those hyper-excitable inflammatory foods connect to the ground with grounding, see the sun, reset her circadian rhythm, get to bed earlier and reduce her phone intake. And she had no more quote unquote depression. That's wild. And it, cause it wasn't depression. You see what I'm saying? There's two different paradigms. We can't look at depression for what it, 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 it's depression. It's all diseases. They have other factors, but, but unfortunately it's funneled into, okay, well, the, I don't need to do the preventative work. All I need to do is just give the medication to make the person feel better, which suppresses the symptoms. 
so what's your take when uh, Tom Cruise gets in trouble 20 years ago saying that Brooke Shields didn't need medication for her postpartum depression? She just needed to go have a healthy diet and run. This is the thing. This is this is why I say integrative. Yeah. Because if someone is in a deep depression, this is where the medications can help. If someone yeah. is in a constant state of anxiety and they can't even leave their house, they can't even work, they can't even function. I'll tell you, when I had my gut issues and it was really bad because I was sick with mold, I couldn't work for three weeks because I was having such brain fog. So I was given a nervous system stimulant just for me to get through work, work life. Okay. Right? And I took that for three weeks because it helped me meet all these deadlines I needed to in order to cause a lot less stress and you know not add fuel to that fire. So my take is this, is that we use these medications as tools for the short term, looking at what the root cause is. The root cause of Brooke Shale's depression wasn't because she needed more medication. It was because there was something else physiologically happening with her gut, with her hormones, with a, something with brain inflammation. I don't know. I'm not her doctor, but those things need to be looked at in conjunction while, you know, she's in a good mental space and a mental, mental state. That's what I would say. That's how we work integratively. Unfortunately, a lot of people just go with, let's shut off the symptoms. One of my number one pet peeves about most shapewear is that it rolls down and then you just have like that roll look and like the whole point is to make your body look smooth and not rolled. And then my other pet peeve is that it doesn't often allow you to like go to the bathroom very easily. And if you're at a wedding and you're wearing shapewear and you're drinking a little bit too much... It's so annoying when you have to dread going to the bathroom because you need to pull it down and yank it down. Well, guess what? With Honey Love, our very favorite shapewear brand, you don't have to deal with either either of those things because they it has like this great little grip so that there's no roll down. And then they also have a little hoo-hoo pocket so you can just easily pee while wearing your shapewear. The hoo-hoo pocket is so clutch. Yeah. I can't even tell you. You you want to know why the hoo-hoo pocket is so clutch? Is well, there any I, I worse know, but... feeling? Ash, I don't know if you yeah. feel this way. Putting on shapewear, like, I hate it. I'm always like, gra- like I feel like I have to have like... Grasping, yeah. Yes. Like, and if you have long <laughs> nails, like the grasp is the worst. To get it up. But like, you only have to deal with pulling them on and off once when you're wearing it. And it's amazing. And they also have awesome bras. Their bestseller is the crossover bra and it's so comfortable. It's going to be your new go-to. We promise you. It gives you all the support of traditional bras, but without mm-hmm. any underwire. No underwire. Yeah, and and- it, you have a smooth back because it prevents the bra bulge yes and it's not just one of those functional bras it has mesh detailing that adds a little touch of sexy to it so you guys treat yourself to the best bras on the market and shapewear you save 20 percent off at honeylove.com slash get it you got to use our exclusive link to get 20 percent off that is honeylove.com slash get it and after you purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them from and please support our show and tell them that we sent you it's time to ditch the underwire for good for and we good. can do that thanks to honey love honey love okay lauren is here hello everyone hello excited to hello. join today 
Thanks for waking up, Lauren, and yeah. joining us. Um, okay, so I want to continue this fascinating conversation. Dr. G, Christian, do you feel like during our lifetime we're ever going to see people be truly integrative? Or do you feel like the healthcare system is just like suppress symptoms, suppress symptoms? I do. I feel I feel we already get an integrative medicine. I mean, I have people from... And these are why platforms like Instagram, Twitter, you know, even Facebook, they're creating more. I mean, it's a billion dollar industry, the holistic industry already more than a six billion dollar industry. That's just supplements. But not I'm not a proponent of taking a million supplements, but we have to understand that the consciousness is shifting around health where we're just not feeling healthy. Right. We're not mm-hmm. feeling good in our bodies. We're not even talking about the repressed emotions and trauma stuff that we hold in for most of our life. We're just talking fundamentally about the way we eat. We're talking about our relationship to our community, to ourselves. You know, the, the mental, emotional, well, the mental, emotional part has a major, major driving force, but just things we're exposed to around the world, cosmetics, what we put on our skin, what we shower with, these all play a role in this bucket that is overflowing. And we don't realize it's overflowing until it overflows and manifests as a disease. And it's different for different constitutions. Now, as you may manifest a headache, chronic migraines, I may manifest eczema. Someone else may manifest mm-hmm. down, the, down the line cancer if we keep repressing it. So absolutely, there, the reason, there's a reason why it's a huge industry. But more importantly than that, there's a reason why so many people who are talking, I mean, you don't have a lot of people on Instagram talking about, I'm going to tell you about Prozac and you're going to learn why important Prozac is. Here are the three reasons why you need to take Prozac. Listen in. You understand? Like there's a reason why people have so much depth of audience and, and, and dedicated audiences when we're talking about, hey, maybe you need to eat more of this. Hey, maybe mm-hmm. your gut bacteria plays a role in this sort of mental health issue. Wow. No one ever told me that. So this the gap gut, is mental health issue is so the connection between the gut and the mental is so crazy because when you're anxious, what happens? Your stomach hurts and right. you have to shit a lot or for right. me personally. <laughs> right. So that's, that's <laughs> something that's really interesting to me. And also your comment about Prozac. I've seen a lot of people, obviously I'm a TikTok star over here. That's all I watch is, um, replacing Prozac with, um, magnesium or like the need for magnesium in your diet, which I have nothing. So maybe I'll replace that. <laughs> this is you don't this take is magnesium, Lauren? No, I don't take magnesium. I, I take it before bed either. every night. It helps you sleep better and it helps me shit out everything I ate literally the yeah. night before. Like clears Be careful on TikTok, man. There are so many people who are self-proclaimed mm-hmm. health gurus, you know, even health coaches or they they even no credentials. I wouldn't listen to really anyone unless they have the the fundamental credentials for being able mm-hmm. to speak from that platform. It's pretty dangerous to say your depression is driven by just a lack of magnesium. Mm. That doesn't go to say that 70% of us don't have enough magnesium in the body, okay. right? And magnesium is fundamental to mental health, gut health, heart health, muscle health, sleep, pooping, all of those nervous system health, right? So a lot of us are suffering with anxiety theoretically a lot of our mental health issues could be driven by a mineral imbalance but you just can't make those proclamations until you replete all of those minerals and allow somebody to come to a place of like wow i'm nutritionally in a good place and all of my anxiety is gone oh i don't even feel depressed anymore wow i'm connected to nature my feet are on the ground 
there's bigger picture lifestyle stuff that people don't want to do. They just want to be like, tell me what to take. Yeah. Health is never found that way. You Mm -hmm. cannot be healthy if you're just saying, tell me what to take. It's more of what state of being am I in day to day? Okay, let's get nitty gritty now. Like, like let's start going into specifics because we've covered okay. things generally. Okay. Lauren, before you I jumped also, in, I also have so many more things to talk about. But yeah, go ahead. well, just say <laughs> whatever you want. This is just me. So, Lauren, before you came in, I thought you would find it interesting. Christian was saying that he saw a patient once who said she was depressed, and then you know this was like her last ditch effort was to see like a an mm-hmm. ND about it. And he basically before was going like, on medication. before going on medication. And he was like, stop eating processed food, put your feet in the ground, get a little sunlight for circadian rhythm, go for walks and take a little time off your phone. And she felt better. That was driving her depression. And, and unfortunately, you know, it, it's different for different people. I wish that was a remedy for everyone. But for her, the quote unquote depression that she was diagnosed with was really just, just she was nutritionally imbalanced. Her gut health was a mess. She didn't put her feet on the ground, which is really important. She didn't see the sun. Her circadian rhythm was a mess. She was going to sleep at four o'clock. Her hormones were a mess. And, and in a week, she already started feeling better. Yeah. So, but I, but I wanted to illustrate the picture that, hey, maybe it's not this mental health disease that is so easy to take from you know, a, a manual and say, this is you. And instead go, let me do the full state of being the health stuff that is what health is. Let me do the lifestyle stuff, the mental, emotional, and physical stuff, and then see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for naturopathic doctors, we create the space for people to learn what that is, how to do it. And fortunately for most of us, a lot of these patients just get better. Yeah. The reason why I brought it up is because the Iconetis eat so much She's apparently trying to shame us. But I, I too... You do not know. now weigh less of it, but I'm just saying, Lauren, I thought you'd find it interesting. <laughs> what I, what I find interesting is like the, the link and correlation of, um, just like junk food to your mood. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what can you tell us about that? I'm in a great mood mostly. And I mostly eat it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's great. But, but, but look, <laughs> Look, we, we, and, and, and this was what Lawrence had said, the, the connection between the gut and the brain. Mm-hmm. This is uh, at the forefront of mental health right now because we were under the pretense that all of mental health issues, for the most part, are coming from neurological imbalances, coming from just imbalance of neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, right? Norepinephrine, epinephrine, all the things that we sort of replete when we take medication and we go, wow, I feel so much better, right? Like I, my serotonin is not being depleted and I'm happy, right? But so much of the serotonin is created in the gut. You know, we know that 90%, but, but more importantly, so there's crazy. a 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a bi-directional communication between the brain and the gut. That means that all of the signals are coming from the gut, hitting the brain, and the brain is informing the gut what to do. The gut has its own nervous system. It's called the enteric nervous system. Basically, you can say that the brain of the gut is that of a small kid or a dog. Like, it's that smart, your gut. And independent of own brain signals, that gut will react to the environment around it. Now, if the environment around it is that of inflammatory food, constant states of medication, antibiotics, disconnection from nature, then the enteric nervous system is taking signals through breakdown products from the bacteria. When bacteria is eating stuff, it's 
farting out breakdown products and the 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 environment the signal is being is being taken in by that nervous system and going to the brain and saying hey there's a mess going on in here the body is not safe the gut's not safe the body's not safe therefore you are not safe so oftentimes we see a person with gut issues manifesting with mental health health issues of not feeling that the world is safe around them i.e anxiety mm-hmm. for me when i see someone with anxiety i immediately think what's going on in the gut back when i used to work in in my practice i used to do a run a gamut of tests nutritional and you know poop tests and we'd see whoa there is a it's a the state of your gut is a mess no wonder through that vagus nerve it's going to your brain saying the gut's not safe the body's not safe the world isn't safe mm-hmm. and now someone's coming with i don't feel too good when the mm-hmm. gut is happy and quiet and the temperature of the gut's turned down the temperature of the mental health is is cooled down too and you see someone who's grounded who feels good i have okay i have a question ashley fine my okay. hold over perfectly so um now is there a correlation between me when i pig out and I feel um, like, and I eat so much, okay? It's just like a gluttonous evening. Mm-hmm. And then my heart starts racing. It, my heart is racing because my body's trying to digest all of that. Is it correlated between my fight or flight? Because sometimes I get anxious when I feel my heart racing and I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack. So it's kind of like I get super anxious when I'm too full on this like fast food and stuff. But it could also just be my body trying to metabolize all this bullshit, right? both so okay it's both so so if you're eating you're digesting the food is inflammatory your system Mm -hmm. doesn't like it Mm -hmm. it's heavily processed you're you're recruiting nutrients vitamins and minerals from other parts of your body that need it to help break this crap down all of the breakdown products of when you make when you when you break down food assimilate it and and bring nutrients to the body even nutrients in a hamburger right you're taking the protein those amino acids it's still utilizing a lot of vitamins and minerals Oftentimes, when it's a really inflammatory or processed food, you're depleting so much because it's using so much to to do that. Now, Mm -hmm. just by virtue of us eating, our cortisol goes up. It's supposed to go up so through the digestive process, but it's supposed to come down. Our blood sugar goes up, and this is probably what I got to this because it's probably what's leading the most. If you're eating heavily processed food, sugary food, um, you know, simple carbohydrates, your blood sugar is spiking up. And through that spike, if it's sustained really high and you don't have good insulin rebalancing mechanisms, right? You're insulin resistant or going towards it, then it's going to stay up. A, a elevated blood sugar will cause, especially down the line, feelings of anxiety, heart ah. palpitations, brain disconnection, feeling like, oh my God, I feel, I don't, I just can't make myself calm. It's because we're continuously in that elevated blood sugar state. That's our, that's why metabolic health is fundamental from the physical side to healing okay that's very interesting because there was one time i ate like a lot of chipotle and this was during my most anxious time of my life and i ate too much and then i felt myself my body like trying to digest it and all. i was like i gotta go for a walk to like not think about my heart racing and so i've never like overeaten chipotle again <laughs> because i just couldn't get out of my body like you're in your body and you're feeling this way so i couldn't get out of it so it was like ter- terrifying hmm that's super interesting okay Really quick, Ash, what do you call a person who speaks three languages? Uh, you? I don't know. What? You don't speak three <laughs> languages. I don't, I don't no, know. Like you the speak official, two. The official term of someone who Trilingual. speaks Trilingual. Trilingual, exactly. And then what What do you call someone who speaks two? Bilingual. Okay. What do you call someone who speaks one? 
Trilingual? American. Oh. <laughs> trilingual? I just said trilingual again. What's wrong with me? I wasn't thinking. Unilingual? Whatever. Okay, American. Oh my I was gosh. supposed that that was supposed to go way better than it did for oh, everyone sorry. listening. But um, whatever. That was a joke. But just so everyone knows, only 22% of Americans actually speak a language other than English at home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when fall comes, it's the time to be more insular. You're a little more cozier. You're going out less. Maybe you're drinking a, a pumpkin spiced infused beverage. Or maybe you're trying to learn a new language, which is why I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite sponsors that we have on this podcast called Babbel, because you can start speaking a new language in just under three weeks. Uh, the reason why I love this is because during the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, a lot of people like to go on huge family trips, or maybe you're doing a solo trip like I do to Africa every Christmas. And so this is a perfect time right now in October to start learning a second or third language for a place that you may be traveling for the holidays. Now, the reason why I'm obsessed with Babbel is because it works. So there are people that pay hundreds of dollars for a private tutor. Um, and then there are people that download apps. But Babbel has a quick 10-minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts. So you could actually start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. The reason why this Babbel stands out as opposed to other apps that you might download is it's designed by real people for real conversations. So you're not sounding like you're speaking from a textbook or maybe a guy that you got from the library or a book someone bought you from Amazon. Uh, it really does make you sound like a local. Mm-hmm. And it's going to teach you how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants without having to constantly use those apps while you're on vacation. And it just makes you feel more confident. I know that Lauren one time had, had mentioned when we were talking about Babbel that like it's um, you're almost scared to do anything in a foreign country if you don't know how to communicate just a little bit because you're kind of like embarrassed, right? And you're like, okay i mean your country like it's respectable for me to try to speak your language it's like why should i expect you to know how to speak english when i'm in your your country so here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now get 55 percent off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners so this is at babble.com slash get it you get 55 percent off at babble.com slash get it that is spelled b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash get it rules and restrictions may apply okay so you were talking about before a, a safe space like your body feels safe within itself biologically and mentally um and i saw on your instagram that you have a reel about male fertility and how the sperm literally reacts to the state of the rest of the body like am i ready to bring in a child into this world. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I I used to work a lot with, uh, infertility. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So my mantra in health was always not to just accept what we know. It was always to like push what is unwritten and ununderstood. Like we, what what is no one talking about yet? Mm -hmm. So that is always at the risk of me going too woo woo. So I always try to reel it in and not, you know, yeah. talk about yes, like esoteric only stuff, uh-huh. which is why I always find the balance in, in the grounding of like, okay, you know, this is what we know in science. Like- but w- with that said, it allowed me to have a full picture of diseases and actually disease states. But infertility is a very interesting one because first, at least in the past decade or, or even century, we would always put the onus on women, right? Yeah. And, and their state of health and the state of their eggs and, and what's happening. 
what's their problem, right? Do they need to get on hormones? Yeah. 40 to 50% is coming us from, from us men. And I remember I learned this in school, Whoa. the effect of smoking, drinking alcohol, and stress on sperm health. What from about marijuana? Ma- marijuana, what we can get to. I have a friend who had fertility issues. And there's a lot of speculation that could have been because her husband was very into the pot. Yeah. Into so, the pot. Into the pot. I'm being funny by saying it like that. So yeah. he was smoking dope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so it, it has the capacity to imbalance your hormones. So when we think about imbalance of hormones, that's what's driving, you know, so much of the response or the, the, the infertility, right? That, that's what we think right now in, in science. That's all the thing we focus on, of course. How are your hormones? How is the male hormones? And, and we, we do the test and then we say, okay, let's get on a program and we'll see. And if not, if not, if not, then we'll do IVF, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, one of the biggest things that is completely lost in the conversation is the importance of endocrine disrupting hormones. So again, this is, this is where we're talking about. If I'm a conventional doctor and you come to me, I'm testing your hormones and I'm doing an investigation going, your estrogen's in balance. Hey, his testosterone's in balance. We need to really balance these up so I can offer you medication and then we'll, we'll fix it up. Instead of asking the question, what in the person's life is imbalancing their hormones? Mm-hmm. Well, that brings on the topic of endocrine disrupting hormones, right? Endocrine disruptors that, that are disrupting our hormones, our estrogen balance, our testosterone balance. And oftentimes we're seeing these in plastics, BPA, BPA analogs, BPA free stuff, which doesn't mean anything. All of the things that we're drinking from plastic every single day, uh, we, this isn't theory now. There's many yeah. studies that show that has a potent, potent, potent effect on our hormones. Yeah. It is extra, it's causing increased amounts of estrogen in our body. It's a xenoestrogen effect in men. So it's causing feminization in men, right? So mm-hmm. more estrogen. Mm-hmm reducing our testosterone and then in women increasing estrogen and too much estrogen is no good did you know that mm-hmm. you only make a teaspoon of estrogen your whole life mm-hmm. as women what? What? holy crap holy teaspoon. no way only a teaspoon yeah so excess estrogen is driving states of infertility but not only that breast cancer uterine cancer ovarian mm-hmm. cancer right yeah. hormone driven cancers yeah. so the, the 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 topic for infertility and any hormone driven diseases should be first, what am I being exposed to environmentally that Mm -hmm. is affecting my hormones? Oftentimes that's going to be BPA, phthalates, parabens, dioxins, all the things that we're really finding a lot in the things we put in our body, the things we breathe in, and oftentimes the things we're eating. Is that me drinking out of plastic water bottles? Yeah. Yeah. So I usually advise against having plastic water bottles on the regular Right, and instead getting a glass or stainless steel water bottle with a filter that can filter out and cleanse everything. Why? Well, if I have neutrally neutral temperature water and I put it in a plastic bottle, it's probably not going to leach. But you don't know how it's shipped. You don't know how it's stored. If it's in really high temperatures, most likely it's leaching those chemicals. Now, some plastic bottles are more inert and not leaching, but most of the ones that you see, like the Poland Spring ones, yeah. or the Dasani's, they're leaching. Yeah. Now think about you go into Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts and you say, I want a hot coffee. I got to get my day started. And then they put it in there. Well, the lining of that paper cup is in plastic. So it's leaching what? those, those oh, it's, yeah, it's styrine. Shiny yeah, layer. The shiny layer. Yeah, the shiny layer. So, so 
it's it, we have to think about what we're being exposed to every single day it's not going to kill you if you're exposed to it in a day in a week but it's years and it oh yes and it accumulates this is why it's important so for me because you know i drink out only alkaline and the only way i've found the easiest way for me to like travel with it or go on trips is to drink out of like the trader joe's plastic alkaline if i were to take that and put it in glass is that better or does it matter because it's already exposed same with like the duncan or starbucks coffee if someone orders that if they don't drink it through the plastic top lid and they put it in another cup is that helpful at all or that's stupid because it was already like exposed it's about the initial exposure, right? So, yeah. so this is why I always recommend when I was in, with my patients, I would say, get a glass water filter. You know, there's some out there that are really, really good. Filter your water, put it in this glass or stainless steel. I do this every morning. That's why I carry around that giant water bottle and it's filled for the day and it's in glass and it, I put some electrolytes in it, and there. I don't have to worry about this coming into my body, BPA. And I test, I test for it. Most of us have high levels of BPA. They did a 2,200 person study, the CDC, 98% of people, I think it was 95 or 98% of people had BPA. And that, I'll tell you, BPA is a, um, it's, it's what makes plastic sort of soft. It's the chemical that unfortunately mimics estrogen in the body. So when BPA is floating around the body, it attaches to the cell and the cell goes, oh, more estrogen. That's weird. And then the cell reacts as if there's more estrogen in the body, which can be destructive. Um, the study with the 95% of people having it, having high levels, do you think they've just gone up increasingly over the years? There yeah, you go, 100%. Lauren. I was going to ask, what are oh, okay. the, what are the fertility numbers throughout the years since we have become more of a plastic world? Reducing, th- this is why, uh, the Dr. Shanna Swan, I, I believe her name was, uh, I, I was reading about her many years ago and I did a show on dedicated to her work is, was, was putting out the numbers and, and they were crazy. Yeah. If I recall, in the next twenty-five to thirty years, she believes that we won't be able to procreate because <gasps> of these because of these endocrine disrupting chemicals. Why? She says it's that much of a public health issue. So yes, fertility has gone down since yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Our sperm has reduced by fifty percent <gasps> since That's the seventies. I've, say- I've been saying like. You know, yes, we're all very much more vocal about fertility struggles these days and then, you know, and people going through the IVF process. But I was like, does that mean like have have we just become more vocal or is fertility becoming more of an issue? Yeah. Holy shit. Holy Because it's interesting ever since, you know, we grew up in the 90s, 2000s. Yeah, exactly, Ashley. I'm like, if somebody like, so many of my friends have trouble or scared yeah. of having kids, and I'm like, is this fear mongering for women? Like, gay, freeze your eggs. Like, is it? Is well, it all I'm sure like a age has a little harder, something to do with you know? it, as we are like we trying are later and, in life. Yeah. However, um, you know how like our parents' generation, maybe like Gen X. We would like if somebody didn't have kids and you would like wonder like, oh, I wonder why they don't have kids. And then like they'd be like, oh, they can't have kids. That just seemed to be like something that was very like almost rare. Right. And now I feel like I feel like 30 percent of my friends need to go through IVF. I'm concerned about drinking this now. I don't know. No, I think that's okay. (laughs) I think it's steel. this. It's still on the inside, but it's a plastic straw. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, the world is feeling very heavy right now. I feel like there's a lot of external turmoil, which is adding to internal turmoil Mm -hmm. or vice versa. And if you need somewhere to go 
to talk about your feelings or what you're processing and you need a safe space, mm-hmm. I couldn't recommend BetterHelp more. BetterHelp has been so prolific in bringing therapy to parts of the world that otherwise wouldn't have it. They're constantly adding new therapists. It is convenient. If you don't get along with a therapist, you can easily change it. It's affordable, which to me means so much because therapy wasn't accessible for a lot of people for a very long time because they just couldn't afford it. It can be really expensive. Um, and I am someone personally who's benefited from talk therapy. A lot of, you know, I'm in EMDR therapy. We've done, um, a podcast on that. I believe in therapy so much, even when I'm not dealing with any major traumas. Uh, I look at it as like a muscle in the gym that I'm constantly flexing. My mental health means so much to me. And I feel like we are living in a time in the world where a lot of us need to prioritize our mental health because it's just really heavy right now. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know about better help, that it, this is a resource that you can go to. Um, and if you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend giving it a try. It's entirely online. Again, like I said, you can suit it to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And again, like I said, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Jared was recently on a trip and he was with a group of people and somebody was talking to him about his life and all the things that he's gone through in his life. And he said that recently he had signed up for better help and that it has actually it has been helping him significantly. So if you need to get a break from your thoughts, go to BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash get it today to get ten percent off your first month. That is betterhelp H E L P dot com slash get it. This conversation is a lot of what I built most of my career early on about was environmental toxins. Okay. It's, it's, so this is why I, it's, it's easy for me to talk about, but the reason I stepped away so much from it is because I didn't want to have people living in fear because totally. oftentimes when you communicate this, they go, how do I live? And I, and mm-hmm. that was the sort of the place that I always was meeting people is like, how do I live? And I didn't really mm-hmm. have the answer because we, we, we are going to be exposed to this stuff, even if we try to reduce it in our lives until I realized to myself, well, we can learn about resiliency. We can become more resilient and there's ways to become more resilient. And then that, that's what led for the current state of what I talk about in health. But, but back to this, we, let's just understand that like, it's not just water bottles. It's, it's the inner lining of canned goods, beans, you know, canned tomatoes, canned coconut milk. It's receipts. It's in makeup. It's, it's in the water in itself. If it's not filtered properly, I mean, tap water is one of the worst things you should, you can drink. And, and, and so when we think about this overall, it's like a little BPA is not going to kill you every single day, along with all the other things we're being exposed to. This is why we can do things in our home. This is why we have air purifiers. We have water filters. We can, we can choose to have a good quality bed. That's not off gassing. What we want to do. The name of the game is like reducing the chemicals that are off gassing. I'm just thinking about the temper. Well, why does your face look the, like that? The temper pedic just definitely is. Temper pedic is the worst one. And I could say yep. that. See, I Tempur-Pedic, told you. Yeah. I, but I, I, would assume, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, it's, it's, I just know that I've lost this entire battle like because the, the amount of chemicals that I deal brand, with every like, day and breathe in. But also what's off gassing and can we talk about makeup at some point, Ash? I know you have a lot of questions. Yeah, I do. I do. I want, there was three three of us love makeup. Of course. And that's, that's actually one of the harder conversations to have with people, but off gas is the best, worst place to have it. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Off gassing are a material 
aromatics that come from materials. So say, for example, like we have pressed wood, we got a beautiful new piece and it's got glues in there and it, it, it's the, the chemicals begin to off gas in our home. Some of you have brought in a thing in the home and you smell it. You know, when you, it's just like a mm. new piece of, it's like the yeah. new something smell, that new yeah. chemical smell that's off gassing. I remember oh, I wow. bought a mattress topper yeah. in college and like I, a new car. Uh, yeah. Like, the new car like smell that's off gassing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. New car smell is off gassing. So those are chemicals that are not only hormone disrupting, they disrupt your immune system. They disrupt your neurological system. They disrupt your brain health. They disrupt fertility are connected to deformities in children. Like this is like, it's real stuff. Now with that said, if you had a Tempur-Pedic, you've been living with it for the past 10, 15 years. Okay. But you can make a choice at your next bed to maybe invest in another one. Do you have any good brands? uh, Yeah. I mean, I work with some good brands. I mean, um, should I plug? Do I plug? Collabs, collabs. Okay. We, uh, well, the one, my favorite one is called Birch, B-I-R-C-H. Birch is the one, uh, that is my, my favorite by far. Avocado is a fantastic one. There's been some controversy around their labeling, but, but I'll say this, look, whatever bed you get, think about something, a label called Green Guard Gold Certified. If it's Green Guard Gold Certified, it's tested for over a thousand different volatile organic chemicals that you're breathing in for the life of the bed. Again, this isn't just bed. We have to think about like getting solid wood, right? With no glues. We think about the rugs, the synthetics in the rugs, that off gases. So the name of the game is having good airflow in our house, having an air purifier and slowly removing the chemically laden furniture from our home. Hmm. When it comes to makeup and lotions, Right. So I, I'm not an expert in makeup, but, uh, what I do know is a few things. Well, one, uh, we, we created something called swell score where you can go online and we've handpicked the best makeup brands, but it's not just makeup. It's everything. It's air purifiers. It's beds. We have everything on there. Can you spell that? The swell score at S W E L L score. S E O R E. Swell score. And, and, and the reason why that was created was for people to have. It, took, it takes away all the research. Like, what's the best blank? Yeah. No, okay, no tan pick by the expert. So here's three choices. Here's 10 choices. Here's five choices, okay? But, but really what you can do for makeup, a really good tool is the Environmental Working Group. If, if you guys don't know that, it's ewg.org, I believe. The Environmental Working Group has created a database, which it's not perfect, but picks some of the best personal care product brands shampoos, lotions, makeup. And, and the reason why I love it is because there's a lot of people who go, okay, here I am at the store and I don't know which one to get. I mean, uh, like which one's the best one? And they'll give you a letter grade. Can't, is this linked to neurotoxicity, immunotoxicity? Yes. Hmm. So it's, so it's a fantastic resource. You can type in, actually, you can see your cleaning products, right? If you type in like, Here's one that like blew people's minds. And this is back when I, I was talking about this all the time. And I remember this video went viral. I said, your Miss Meyer soap is not a clean soap. And and everyone's like, well, what the hell? I got green it. Whole Foods, or I got it. It's greenwashing. Exactly. Green That's washing. the word, Ashley. Greenwashing is, let's say us four on this call decide to make a bronzer. And we go, okay, this is the best bronzer in the market. You know, all, all three of you have the marketing tactics. You guys can just tell your audience. People are going to be like, yeah. And I'll formulate it with like dirt and, and bacteria laden stuff, all this rubbish. And then we put it out there and we make money on it because 
we made the marketing beautiful and we make the mm-hmm. package beautiful. And guess what? We put a leaf on there and, and the sun behind yeah. it and there's bamboo <laughs> and we, and we ship it in compostable packets and people are yeah. like, this is the best. Right. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the truth is, is that there's no regulation. This is what's happening. There's really no regulation behind what's out there. So this is what greenwashing is. And I, I'm, I'm really happy you brought up that word because if you go to Whole Foods, a lot of the products out there are greenwashed. So it's up to us to cross-reference. So before you, you can, you can look at your cleaner, type it in the EWG, maybe Lysol blank, 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 Lysol counter cleaner. And then you'll see, oh my God, this is terrible. Right? So then you, instead you type in counter cleaner and then you'll see the clean ones. But you can do it for all the personal care products and cleaners in the home. Fantastic reference. Y'all, adulting is just like a thing. I was talking to somebody today saying that like we need to have like administrative days for our just like our bills and it's like so and true. health insurance like an eighth day of the week. Like yeah, yes, <laughs> there like needs to be like a day. <laughs> yes, like a designated day or two out of the month that like we just deal with your finances and all like your insurance and all the things that you have to deal with as an adult. One thing that Jared and I recently realized through using rocket money, one of our favorite finance apps is that we were spending way too much money on like just TV services. And we looked into a better way of doing it because we're like, okay, well we want these apps, but like this cable bill, holy moly. And so we've changed over. We cut the cord, even though it doesn't feel like the cut when you cut the cord, when you go over to YouTube TV, cause it's going to give you everything that you want. Um, mm-hmm. but today was officially the day that we cut cable. I'm saying today, you know, October 16th, I just handed in my, um, my cable boxes this is the day that we're recording this and I feel great. I feel like I got something done and I really can thank rocket money for being the source that let me know that I was spending too much because it divides up your money um, into different categories and shows you like what you're spending on entertainment, what you're spending on groceries, what you're spending on like household items. And it is just amazing. And in addition to that, it does do what it's like so famously known for very well. And that is let you know all the subscription services that you have. And if you want to cancel it, you can cancel it with just one click. It also can even negotiate your bills for you. So like, say you're living in an area with two different cable providers and you still need that provider for say, in our case, internet. Well, it's going to tell you you're paying for the one that's too expensive. Let's go over to this place and they're going to negotiate it for you. It's truly a remarkable service that they give you. Yes, friends. So stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash get it. That's rocketmoney.com slash get it. Rocketmoney.com slash get it. Can you just quickly touch on makeup a little bit? Maybe give us a couple things at the top of your head. We don't have to get too deep on it, but the three of us love, and obviously you know I wear makeup, and I know it's toxic and bad. (laughs) But I'm like, what the fuck? Because when I go and try and buy healthy makeup, it doesn't stay on long. It doesn't cover my dark circles. Yeah, 100%. Fortunately, there's been massive jumps in the quality of makeup over the years, Um, especially because companies saw, wait a minute, there's people asking for quality makeup. Now they like, they know about toxins. They know about hormone disruptors. So that when I started talking about this, there was no, I remember I was talking about it. Everyone's like, I tried this one. It didn't stay on. It was like 
falling off mm-hmm. my face by the end of the day. I get it. And it's important because, you know, for makeup to last and look good and, and do what it needs to do, it needs quality and purpose. But by quality, I mean like how it looks, not talking about what's in there. So uh, when it comes to lipsticks, I did a full lipstick review. I talked about on my show. I, I, we're, I, I'm just putting out the ebook this this week, actually. So it's great timing. No way. On we, lipstick? On lipstick. So I, I went Perfect. over the, the worst brands, the best brands. Um, and I and the thing about lipstick, a lot of these makeup, uh, all, all of these makeup materials that we put on our face, a lot of them are water resistant, right? They, they, they're hydrophobic. They, they, so it doesn't stick. Let's say with our lipstick, we don't want water sticking onto it. We want to, we want to repel it. There's a chemical called PFAS, polyfluorinated chemicals. These chemicals are what makes Teflon nonstick. And it was make, made by DuPont. And PFAS yeah. are what they call forever chemicals. They stay in the body for 10 to 12 years in our bodies. Yeah, yeah. We, and they we've stay talked in about the, the bad shit that has Teflon, that, you know, yeah. the bad Te- effects of Teflon. Yeah, but I didn't know. 10 Who to 12 known? years. Yeah, Who would have known that it was years. in your lipstick? 10 to 12 years in our body, and it's in our lipstick. And it's in a lot of, it's in our clothes. It's, it's I talked about it in yoga pants because they found it in yoga pants. On oh, the crotch God, all the, the good things. Pants. Oh my God, the crotch is like right where our like freaking cro- ovaries exactly, are. Like- exactly. And then, the, and then the nipples of the sports bras, right? Because think about it. If you're in a yoga class, you don't want your you nipples want sweat, yeah, sweating yeah. and showing, right? There's a reason why. But we have to bring awareness to this chemical and, and a lot of chemicals. But when I go back to lipstick, one that was one of the biggest chemicals in there. So we, But that's not the only one. There's multiple ones and they have... 12 to 15 different chemicals that we want to avoid in lipsticks. I went over all of the chemicals and then the brands which have them, which are the most popular ones that you probably know, and then the brands that don't have them. When it comes to makeup, right, let's say bronzers or eyeliner, which again, PFAS would be something else. Mm-hmm. Um, what, else what else? What else? What else is a piece of makeup? Blush. foundation Mascara. blush because there's been jumps in in actually not only the internal quality but the external quality we've put all those on on the swell score so there's actually companies out there that we getting feedback from women going whoa this is like clean and it stays i'm actually surprised wow finally i found a good mascara or bronze or whatever christian one thing that i don't really have the solution to that I know is not good for me. And I saw you post a video about it and I do need to sit down and take the time to figure out is gel X manicures mm-hmm. and pedicures. Oh yeah. And how can you just talk about the information, you know, behind that sort of machine and the light and what it links to? This is, this is, this is good because okay. this, <laughs> this was probably one like the third or fourth biggest video I've ever done. And it was talking about that your gels may not be healthy. Right. Yeah. And, First, it started off with reports of of young women getting uh, skin cancer under their nails and around their nail beds. But then we started seeing, okay, well, do the chemicals from gel go into the body or just nails in general or any synthetic nails that you put on or coloring? And they do. They actually do absorb and they get into the body. But the concern over gels is that the UV light. Now, I remember when I put it out, people are like, it's only for a minute. Well, guess what? I went to Burning Man and I got some gels on my nails. And you did. I did. His nails looked amazing. Lauren, I'll send you a picture. So. Uh, and the emotional release one-on-ones, we are, I'm going to hold them till January. I've, I've taken a break from doing them, but we okay. do do quarterly events that are massive. So, uh, you know, just keep an eye out. I talk about it on Instagram 
and heal thyself is the podcast everything we, we go, i go over lipstick go over makeup but i also talk about emotions and i talk about relationships and sex and sexuality fantastic it's it's my favorite thing and um thank you for awesome. creating the space for your audience for me to talk about the stuff that i love most i really appreciate of all of you thank you for coming yeah so, you so fun much. All right. I love you guys. All right. Love you all. Thanks for everything. Thanks, Andrea. Is there anything you want? This is holistic. It's not just the nails. It's who you are as a person, right? And your lifestyle that contributes to what health looks like. Christian, we need to have you come back because we do a lot of talk about men and women behavior and dating and I know, sex. I, I this know. Is, this yeah. is my, this, that's my meat and potatoes. Because that's his meat and potatoes. And oh, Ashley, well, maybe shit. like sex drive <laughs> you could ask about, Ash, like with men. I don't know. Let's, I got, I got let's get a little of that in there too. This is, what, what we're talking about is um, 2020 Dr. G stuff. Oh my God. The, he's the, so the bored, guys. Stuff. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, that's, no, that's so cool because I still love talking about this. But but I got no. If we talk about emotions, relationships, intimacy, intimacy, sex, sexuality. Well, let's just let's have that another time since we've done this. We've dedicated so much time, and I do have two more questions I really want to get in. Yeah, I'll just walk from that room to this one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, earlier, earlier you were discussing processed foods. It's something that we hear all the time. Processed foods, you have to avoid them. What is the definition of a processed food? Mm. Um, like I'm thinking about like my dinner per norm. Okay, so tonight I am planning on having a spinach tortellini from Trader Joe's with the Trader Joe's um, pesto sauce put on top. Is that processed? Mm. That's a that's a good question, right? Because dark chocolate's processed, and I eat dark chocolate, right? Yeah. We're talking about hyper processed okay because like hot dogs like mcdonald's right. that's processed in this my is, book but i don't know with like my typical dinner that i make at home because it has some jarred items like the pesto and like i didn't make the actual tortellini like is that processed this is this is a very good question because we need to we need to understand this right because people go stay away from processed foods mm-hmm. and you're like well what do i eat how do i eat right i can't get the tortellini from trader joe's yeah the answer is hyper-processed, hyper-palatable foods. These are the foods that are specifically designed that are sort of like not food anymore. They're, they're, just, they're food-like products that make you addicted, right? That, that They hit this bliss point where they balance the fat and the sugar in it, and you go, wow, I want more of this. I can't just have one. Those are the things that you'd expect, like the cookies, the cakes, the crackers, chips. The, the chips, all the things that... If you and I went into a Ralph's or a ShopRite or wherever, whatever you got on the East Coast, and we go into the middle aisles, we're going to find those. We're not talking about like Whole Foods or even Trader Joe's. We're talking about like the, the cheaper supermarkets that have all those foods, right? The food coloring. Cheez-Its. Right? The, the Cheez-Its, exactly. <laughs> Very good, actually. Is, is, tra- is Trader Joe's tortellini processed? Yeah, but it doesn't mean – something can be put together with Whole Foods. A tortellini can, be, okay. can have uh, wheat – or it can be made with rice flour, and then in the middle it can have like almond cheese or whatever it is, right? Okay. But for me, and, and and when I came out of school, this is all I talked about. So this was this was Dr. G twenty seventeen. It was nutrition. <laughs> okay. So I was the nutrition guy, and I was really the plant based nutrition guy. Okay. And what I was talking about fundamentally is whatever your diet is, whatever works for you. You could be eating a lot of meat, a little bit of meat. You want to make sure the foundation of your diet is a variety of fruits and vegetables. That's number one. And, and, and really, 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 we have to pay attention. If we can't t- 
tolerate fruits and vegetables and we can only eat meat like carnivore, that's a problem because we're not made to eat an elimination diet. We're made to eat a variety of of foods, right? I'm laughing because like Lauren like will get sick from a kale salad. Right. So that this, this, so that informs us of like the capacity of our, and resiliency of our gut bacteria. Cause this is what a healthy gut bacteria looks like. Us four can go out to eat and we can have a variety of foods. We can have a bunch of greens, a bunch of red, orange, blue, violet, different vegetables and fruits. And if you want, then we can have a big steak and then we can have something else. And then we just feel good. Our bodies aren't mm-hmm. bloated. We're not, we don't have heartburn. We don't have constipation. We don't have diarrhea. Why? Because our gut bacteria is robust. We have all of the species of gut bacteria to work with all of those foods. Now, what feeds the gut bacteria is fiber, fiber rich foods, antioxidant rich foods. That's where you're getting it from fruits and vegetables. All the colors of the rainbow have different constitutions of antioxidants. Most of the fruits and vegetables are going to have fiber, soluble and insoluble. These are, these are the keys to having a good gut. Now for people listening, that doesn't mean most of us eat about 15 to 20 grams of fiber. Mm -hmm. We really need 40 plus that doesn't go to say starting saying, tomorrow. We were looking at we're talking about Metamucil, like how our parents love Metamucil. Oh yeah. And then we were like, oh wait, Ashley was eating one of these Metamucil bars or whatever. It's like it only has forty percent of even. her daily. It was twenty five. Twenty five percent of her daily um, fiber intake. And Naz was like, you don't need a hundred percent in this one granola bar of Metamucil or whatever. Right, because what happens is this is this is like let's say I let's say I'm a carnivore and I eat all this red meat and and. I don't know what else, what else they eat and a bunch of butter. Right. And then yeah. I go, I'm a carnivore and I'm thriving. Great. I actually might feel great because I'm removing all those foods that my body was really reacting to because the bacteria was completely out of balance and it was, it was just bad. It was a bad environment. So, and then I go, I want to eat more plant-based and then I start eating 40 grams. I'm going to have bloating. I'm going to have heartburn. I'm going to feel terrible. So if you're introducing more fiber, you only want to go five grams per week. Slow, really slow, increase. You want to do it over two months, right? So then your bacteria can acclimate and then you're getting in Mm. fermented food, prebiotic fiber rich food. So then you're hitting 40 grams and you're going, wow, I feel pretty good. I can tolerate Brussels sprouts better, for example. That's what happened when I had that, whatever that was. Remember, you guys, I was on my way to an engagement photo shoot with Jared, and I had the healthiest lunch I've ever had. It was some really raw vegetables, like the rawest of vegetables in a bowl, and there was such a variety, and I threw that thing up, the entire bowl of it. Um, (laughs) It was like the most L.A. dish I've ever seen in my life. Okay, um, I'm so sorry to take up so much time and to be such a hog with questions. Does anybody else have one before I go to the last topic? Ask your dying question. That's yeah, ask your last question, question and then I'll end it. Worth and I'll, about. I think ask your last question and then I'll end it asking Christian something just about what he's working on okay. now. Perfect. And then that's okay. all. We don't have to concentrate on this. I just definitely wanted it in there. Okay, so I am trying for my second child now, and I, I'm i already daydreaming about, like, my mommy makeover body, which I haven't even been, like, I've never been somebody who's been, who's wanted, yeah. like, any bodily thing done, or, right? Yeah. I've always been very confident, but now I'm like, this extra skin, I'm gonna, I'm tummy tucking this, and then I'm thinking, like, should I get a little implant, just, like, make myself a nice full C? I don't know, but I have heard the worst things about implants lately 
I have multiple friends who have gotten them and then not liked them, but then also a couple friends who have gotten them and then discovered that they had the breast the breast implant illness. Can you yeah. explain what this is? And because of it, I, I'm not going to touch the boobies. That's good. Maybe you might want to stay. Listen, I'm not one to tell someone to do with their with their body, but more information is coming out, and this is perfect timing. Also, because last week I had a world renowned breast surgeon I come saw on the on show. Instagram, yeah, yeah, Dr. John Kavinsky, and he's he's fantastic. And what shocked me, and and I did a show on breast implant illness three years ago. Talking about what it is and we need to pay attention to it. I remember people were like, this isn't real. Why are you talking about it? There was only a group of women who were like, I've, I'm going through this, right? But I remember like a lot of my colleagues were like, "Why we don't have this on paper like this. Now, three years later, it is absolutely, and this would shock me, he said about 40% of women who have breast implants will have breast implant illness. What does Whoa. breast implant illness means? Well, it's a whole array of symptoms that can be as ambiguous as just like kind of not feeling good. Your energy goes low over the years. So you don't notice it's a slow drip to migraines, to joint pain, arthritic pain, autoimmune diseases, the whole gamut of them, right? From something like psoriasis all the way to lupus. Mm -hmm. And there's a very rare, but real and aggressive form of cancer that we see breast cancer. So what we have to think about is, is, um, and a lymphoma. What we have to think about is what's happening in the body. Well, if you're getting a foreign substance in the body, everyone in the world, their body is going to react. Their immune system will react to the foreign substance. We know that we've gotten splinters before and it's like yeah. tender and it's red around it. Right now, yeah. imagine a breast implant that is supposed to be inert, meaning that your immune system is not supposed to react to it. Right. They say that the silicon is, is not made for that. It always will. What happens is, and look how intelligent the body is. The body will create a capsule around a fibrous capsule, really tough fibrous capsule around that the implant. Sense. That makes so right? much sense. Right. But yeah, of course. Not spread or exactly, anything. Exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. It's so it's protecting, like, <laughs> it's protecting, oh. it's protecting, but that capsule, unfortunately is, is a, a source of constant inflammation in the body. So now this capsule is just releasing inflammatory proteins in the body over and over and over, leading to all of these symptoms of breast implant illness. So you have to hear a lot of the women who reach out after the first show I did and then this one say, oh my God, I got my breast implants out and I couldn't believe my skin mm -hmm. got better, my brain like got immediately better. immediately or? Over, over about a month or two months. Okay. I mean, there's some people that says like immediately my headaches went away. And again, it, it, the thing about breast implant illness is it's a slow drip. So you don't even realize that you weren't as healthy as you were two years yeah, ago. You don't even feel it really. Cause you, you don't even feel it. Feel you just, your energy's yeah. like all of a sudden a five, not a nine that it used to be. And you're just, you're used to it. So this is, this is why I would say, and he brought up something really powerful that I didn't know that there's a lot of, uh, procedures now that are doing the fat grafting yeah. and yeah, it's, it, I think it's just as expensive, maybe a little more expensive, a lot safer. And, uh, the body can retain 
I think yeah. it's 40% each time. What is fat grafting? So they, they move fat from different parts of the body. Which sounds better to me, bring too. It to you're the losing of course. fat and then in one area, and then you're putting a little it more natural. Yeah, Get that yeah. shit out of my thighs and up, up here. <laughs> Let's just... So is it, what I would say is, all right, doctor, it's got to be cheaper then, right? Because you're using my shit. I should be charging you. <laughs> way more finesse. I should be charging you to There's way more finesse, as Lauren says. Also, can yeah. I sell my fat to someone? <laughs> right, and then give, it, give it to someone else. Yeah. So there's a retention rate. I mean, if you got if you got a fat graft and you were a full C, yeah. it's going to go down when the inflammation right. goes down, yeah. but you're still going to retain it. Yeah. Some people go again, you know, and the, if they want bigger, but it's never, you're not going to go from a A to a D in one fat grafting. Yeah. But you know, a this little, isn't my area of expertise, though. but I learned a lot about it. Interesting. Amazing. Okay, well, before we wrap, you are such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for, um, I didn't really give you a choice because you're saying, <laughs> but I do want to say just Thank to you. everyone listening that the work that Christian's doing now is so revolutionary. So he hosts these massive events in LA that are called emotional release and what he's really focused on now. And I can let you obviously talk about it um, from a more informed place, but I did a womb healing with Christian earlier this year. And that's how we met. Cause as you guys know, I have endo, I have fibroids and I really, I personally feel that everything is energetic and it's a lot of shame and guilt that I was either born with or through the way I was raised. That's causing all these things. And I want to tackle it from a more holistic place. So I did a womb healing with Christian and it was crazy, like through breaths and how he guided me, I was crying, I was wailing and he was, he believes that a lot of it is because of repressed emotion. So for example, like when I would get, when I get like annoyed with someone, or maybe I was annoyed on a call like that I had with a coworker, we're always like, okay, thank you. You know? And like, we're like, fine, but where does that anger live? It gets stored in the body. So Christian really taught me how to like either punch a pillow and how to dance and how to release that stuff. So it comes out. But you guys, I was literally crying, wailing. I mean, we went into like my childhood stuff with my dad, which we don't have time to talk about, but you, can you talk about the benefits that you've seen in people? So first just kind of explain what your emotional release technique and process is and the benefits that you've seen from it. And maybe we'll have a part two where we deep dive on that. Sure, we'll lead, we'll lead to the part two. And how a lot of men may have repressed anger. Oh, my God. Yeah, so let's say this in, in the most succinct way. The, we, we experience trauma at an early age, uh, all of us. And it doesn't have to be like a molestation or a rape or even a death. It could be something as simple as you're used to expressing yourself in a certain way. And then you realize that to survive in the household that you're living in, you can't be that, right? Where in the household, maybe anger is not accepted, or maybe dad was super angry and you saw that it wasn't accepted, or sadness, or even being scared as a boy, or sad as a boy, or angry as a girl, right? And this is the subconscious signals that are early, early laid onto the foundation of who we think we are. Because when we were young, we expressed ourselves completely and authentically because everyone on this call threw mm -hmm. tantrums and you know you you two are sisters you probably remember each other throwing tantrums mm -hmm. right so we knew how to move that energy as children we completely disconnected from that removal of energy as an adult but that doesn't go to say we don't have the same impulse to throw a tantrum as an adult so what happens is we completely live in this state of contractive fear and we begin to identify with this fear state of who we think we are and ultimately, we become adults and we go, this is me. This is totally me. But it's not. Yeah. 
because we're more than who we think we are. And who we think we are is on the other side of connecting to those repressed emotions. We love, we love giving reverence to the positive parts of us. I'm so loving and I'm so joyous and I'm so free and I'm so sweet, right? And I only want people to see the loving side and the light side of me without understanding that we have some nasty darkness inside of us too. We have to have a space, a space to express that through our nervous system. When we do have safety, like Naz was saying, when she had safety, she was able to go deep into her body and allow pain from the 90s to come out. I've seen people with pain from the 80s. I've, I've worked on people and they're 60 years old and they release the guilt that they had in college of something they did. And what I've seen is complete, and I'm talking about the biggest form of miracle healings I've ever seen in my life, complete, complete changes in health. I'll give you one quick thing. There was a, a young woman who came to me back to the fertility journey. She was a month away from doing IVF. She goes, I don't know. I just, something about you saying this on Instagram. So one visit, she comes from Texas, comes to California and Venice. She's in my uh, studio and, um, she's, we were talking a little bit. I got to feel, I already knew what was happening. She mm -hmm. lays down and I go, this woman's got a lot of sadness, a lot of anger that she had a huge smile on her face. She only had this mask of sweetness mm. on. Mm. And I go, and then there's a lot of sadness under that, but there's something there that, that, I, that it's not, I can't see. So we're going through this process. She's crying, you know, on the surface, just like, I just, I'm so frustrated. And this anger comes out and her face mm. gets red and her body gets hot and her fists start tightening up. She has this anger release that I swear shook the whole house. And then her, this this movement started happening in her womb. She goes, Doctor G, the right side of my womb. It just I feel like it. it, it it's it's it, I, what's going. So I put my hand and I push on right near the ovary, and I push deep. And I go, What's what's here? I go, What emotion? What emotion is deep here? And I because she was in her body intuitively. She goes, Shame, shame. I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm ashamed. And I and I'm pushing deeper. And I go, What's the sound of that shame? And this woman let out this fucking sound that I've never heard a human being. It was like all of this pain from her womb came through her body, was expressed out so powerfully, and her face changed. All of the micro tension mm. expressions. It's like she just had an orgasm in the sense of this all this energy moving. What happened after that was incredible. In she a month, <laughs> in a month and a half, in a month and a half, after three years of infertility, she got pregnant Holy because moly. she realized, so cool. she realized in the moment when she was having sex with her partner, she realized subconsciously that the signal, the impulse from so long ago when she was, had her boundaries crossed in college by someone when, when mm. she had sex with them, she didn't even realize that when she was having sex with her husband, her legs would close inward mm. subconsciously and resist her husband's own mm -hmm. invitation, right? So she actually saw, oh my God, I'm so in my body right now that I know that I'm half all this tension. She opened up and received mm -hmm. and she got pregnant. And wow. she got, she, I have the email. I put it up all over Instagram because she, she, with her permission, she got pregnant after three years. Aww. Why? Because this woman was carrying anger, shame, sadness, guilt, just for her own sexuality. And it was, it was repressed, this deep emotion of what happened in college that no one ever helped her walk through. And it's not about talking about it. We're not going to sit and talk about what happened in college. You're going to feel the emotion of what should have been felt back in 2009 mm that was finally expressed and now you've opened up the space in your body to receive and get pregnant. Super interesting. Wow. Stuff. That's amazing. 
Yeah. So wild. I, I definitely have questions that I will ask another time on that. That's cool. <laughs> you can ask one if you want. Oh, I was just going to say, how did you get her in a state to which she could release like that in front of you? Yeah. So this, this work is about safety. If your body doesn't feel safe, you will never heal. The signal to your cells is that I am safe in the world that I'm in. Every single person who's suffering with something is in a fear state. And if you watch the media, if you listen to people talk, you can hear how much fear there is. Mm-hmm. You, people love gossiping about, by gossiping about each other. That's fear because they don't feel good within themselves. So it's fear that is causing all of this contraction in our body. So how did I get her into that state is by her feeling safe with my own presence. Yeah. You can't heal You're another. You're calming. And then, yeah. I feel like you, I could be very comfortable with you. Of course. And, and women, women need to feel safe around a man. Yeah. That is, and, and unfortunately, men don't know how to feel safe within themselves. So they're not, they're not creating the space for a woman to fully be in her authentic expression, in her own safety. This is why relationships are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Because women are not fully in their most radiant, authentic state. Men are not creating the space for them to do that because they're so disconnected from their hearts. So when a man connects with his heart, at least for my work, I've connected with my heart enough that I can hold the space for someone and all of their emotions. I go, you be what you want. Let the boogers come out. Let the tears come out. Let the sweat come out. You can be nasty. Every woman is wild. There's a Tasmanian devil in every single woman, and we're so scared to show that. Sometimes now shows it. <laughs> but, but it's in all of us, right? And men too. So if you, if you hold the space in love, right? And all of you, you know, who've had partners, we've had partners who go, yeah, like, I love you. You can be what you want today or now or forever, right? We feel, oh, finally, I can just be. That state is when your body starts to have permission to let those emotions come off. The moment you go, oh, finally, I can just be. But the secret is you don't need someone else always. You can be with yourself. And instead of turning on the TV or going out with friends or you know even organizing the house, can you sit with yourself and go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm safe to be. I can be. I can let whatever needs to come up, come up, and then you start crying or you get angry. This is what the body's trying to do. We're just overriding it with our ego, yeah. thinking that we know best what we need to do. We don't need to talk about it anymore. There's no more room to talk about it. We start. We have to start feeling to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. I, love it. I Thank think Doctor G is just such a genius, and you're just such, like you already are healing the world. But I think you are really at the forefront of like so much. Shit clearly so i'm so happy that you came on and that you're my new friend um where can people find you oh, talk about your podcast if people want to get an emotional release and your instagram tiktok all the things we're gonna link all this stuff all in links. the caption of the podcast yeah in the caption check it out go on instagram it's always updated with information tiktok we're going back and doing more of that you know i know mm-hmm. i know the youth loves that so i got to get back on it um website is is doc gonzalez d-o-c-g-o-n-z-a-l-e-z.com and the emotional release one-on-ones we are i'm gonna hold them till january i've, I've taken a break from doing them but we okay. do do quarterly events that are massive so uh, you know just keep an eye out i talk about it on instagram and Heal Thyself is the podcast. Everything. We, we go, I go over lipstick, go over makeup, but I also talk about emotions and I talk about relationships and sex and sexuality. Fantastic. It's, it's my favorite thing. And um, thank you for awesome. creating the space for your audience for me to talk about the stuff that I love most. I really appreciate of all of you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. So, so fun. Much. All right. I love you guys. All right. Love Bye. you all. Bye. I don't get it. Podcast.